0: Our community, your radio station.
1: Uh, David Sidwick, of course, has been on with us before. He's an avid game player, aren't you, David? I am
0: indeed, I'm afraid. Yes,
1: well, there's no need to be afraid because everybody's into, into playing games and I guess that also, I mean, the golden old days, and I know you're going to talk to us about Monopoly and that's got to be probably one of the oldest and most popular board games and i notice that on lots of the facebook pages i can see the monopoly sets out and all the rest of it you know uh, but obviously there's loads and loads of other games and then gradually as we do these features you will introduce us to some of them anyway uh, monopoly
0: uh, well there's so monopoly
1: yeah more than meets the eye eh?
0: well it's a story of misguided hope a story of betrayal and it involves a packet of stripped playing cards, would you believe? Really? So, Monopoly started um, as a response to what was happening in America in the late 1800s. At that time, uh, it was a time of great wealth and great poverty. And it was when those uh, bankers like uh, J.P. Morgan and Railroad... Uh, tycoons were all coming into play. And as a response to this, there was an economist called Henry George and his theory was that uh, everybody would benefit if there was a land tax on those areas which weren't developed. So if you just owned land, didn't do anything with it, you had to pay a tax which was redistributed to everybody else. Mm -hmm. And a lady in Illinois called Elizabeth Mackey was advocational for this. She was a lady ahead of her time and she wanted to spread the word. And she came up with a thing called the Landlord's Game. Now, the Landlord's Game is, to all and purposes, Monopoly. It had plots of land, railways and utilities. And after buying a property, players could charge rent to anyone. It had something called Mother Earth, which was uh, where your you got salary. It had a free park with a poor house in it, and it had to go to jail. So, to all intensive purposes, this was monopoly. Hmm. Now, <clears throat> the whole purpose behind it was to sell the concept of the land tax. So, she had two sets of rules one set of rules for monopoly, and a set of rules which redistributed the money. And what she hoped was that people would play both games, and they would understand that uh, greed was bad. So she went to Parker Brothers, that famous games uh, manufacturer, in 1901, and asked them to redistribute the game for her. And they weren't interested. At the time, games were just you roll the dice and you move around a board. This was too complicated, and uh, they were also worried about it being too political. So what happened was uh, Lizzie basically uh, started making homemade versions of it, and it gradually got spread. In those days, there were people who were advocational about this piece of economic thought, and there was a few communities which grew up, and this board game, the landlord's game, became popular in those communities. Eventually, in 1927, it came to a chap called Lehman, and he introduced something called Community Chest. Hmm. And that sort of added more to the game. He renamed it the Finance Game, would you believe? And so people started playing it more, but at this stage, there wasn't any road names. Nobody had actually put it together with uh, the idea of roads. So what happened then was eventually it wound up with a guy called Charles Todd and his wife in Atlantic City, still playing this homemade board game. And there what happened was they decided to add the names to it. So this homemade board game gradually spread across America. And eventually, Charles Todd in Atlantic City bumped into an old school friend called Emily Jones. And Emily Jones came round with her then boyfriend, a chap called Charles Darrow. Now, this is kind of important, because Charles Darrow was a very poor man. By this time, it had got to about the 30s. It was the Depression. And he had tried many, many jobs. So Darrow and Jones eventually got married, and they went to see the Todds, and they played this board game. And Charles Darrow loved it, absolutely loved it. And he said to the Todds, could you make me a set? Could you make me a set of rules? And the Todds did. They gave him a set, and they gave him a set of rules. And Charles Darrow said, thank you very much indeed. And he took it to a friend, and the friend added the colors that we know. Um, He added the idea of the sets. And in consequence, Charles Darrow then went to try and get it patented and never spoke to the Todd's again. That's the betrayal. Oh, dear. Very naughty. Mm. Anyway, what happened was he couldn't get it off the ground. He tried to sell uh, the game. He created a hundred. He created a few more. But eventually it got picked up by a toy company in Philadelphia, where, where he eventually wound up. Uh, a company called FAO Schwartz, which people know of. It was the big toy shop in New York, which uh, Tom Hanks starts on the piano in, in big. Oh, yeah. And then because of that, it started being taken up. And guess what? In 1934, Parker's brothers eventually decided that they would patent this game. And they went to Charles Darrow, who had uh, put his name on it and copyrighted it. And then they suddenly found out that there was layman, so they had to give him some money for the finance game. And, of course, Lizzie Maggie. And Lizzie wanted two things. She wanted the monopoly to be sold, but the deal with Parker Brothers very clearly was that they should also sell her landlord's game as it was meant to be, so with the other set of rules. Uh, Unfortunately, they didn't even sell 10,000 sets of the landlord's game, but we know that they've sold millions of sets of Monopoly across the world. Mm. And What's interesting is that it was Atlantic City which was the first board. Good pub game question there. Mm. And it, the tokens at the start, before Parker Brothers, everybody made homemade tokens. Mm. Parker Brothers brought in the battleship, the cannon, the shoe, the top hat, and the thimble. And the iron. I don't know about you, Blair, but I've always wondered why there's an iron yeah. one of the tokens yeah. in the set of Monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. It, seems, it seems so odd. I, can, I, get, I get the top hat, it's about you know wealth. I get the battleship. I get the cannon. It's about conflict. I even get the thimble because it came from the thirties, and you know you were having to on your socks and all the rest of it. Mm. Why an iron?
1: Maybe it's the the industry of 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 people you know at home and the housewives and so on doing their ironing. You know, home industry.
0: It could be, or it could be that Parker Brothers were based in the Flat Iron Building in New York. <laughs> I and that I suspect is, <laughs> is the real answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, all
1: all of those tales it just tells you, you know, what a bit of marketing and, and uh, I mean, sadly, it was it, that betrayal bit was very sad, very naughty. Oh, that gentleman, you know, not, not to include the people that he first got the game from. But, of course, you know, add a bit of marketing and a bit of sparkle. And, and, and of course, Monopoly, I mean, I don't know how many people play it uh, around the world, but it, it must be in every country of the world now and played by millions and millions of people.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Hmm. And it came to Britain in 1935, And that's where the striptease playing cards come in. There was a company in Britain called Waddington's. And Waddington's were based in Leeds, and they they were really printers. Um, They had the... uh, One of their expertise was silk silk printing, printing on silk. I'll come back to that. Um, But they were well-known for playing cards. And they were somewhat notorious because they'd done a set of um, striptease playing cards, um, which had... uh, actually sort of given them a lot of fame, which meant their other playing cards sold rather well. And they came up with a game called Lexicon. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but I remember Mm -hmm. my parents having a set. It was a set of cards with letters on, and you made words. And because they had Lexicon, which was very popular at the time, Parker Brothers wanted Lexicon. And Waddington's Mr. Watson, Mr. Victor Watson asked his son Norman to actually look at what uh, what Parker Brothers had as a swap. And Norman borrowed Monopoly, which was based on Atlantic City. They were somewhat disappointed by that, because they they were expecting New York. And he spent the weekend playing it, and he told his dad to make a transatlantic phone call to Parker Brothers to get Monopoly. Now, in the 1930s, a transatlantic... (laughs) <laughs> call cool was somewhat out of the ordinary. So Norman must have liked the game. Mm. And then what happened was they had a problem because Atlantic City didn't mean anything really in Britain. So they had to totally redo it. So they spent a weekend traveling around London, looking at properties, what would fit with the streets. And the legend goes that the last place they put on the board was where they had a cup of tea which was an old pub turned into a tea house called the Angel Islington. And that's why there is one pub on the Monopoly board where everything else is a road or a station.
1: Our community, your radio station. David Sidwick has been talking to us all about Monopoly, and there's just a little bit more uh, to say about that game before we move on to uh, onto something completely different. So, Dave, over to you again.
0: So the story had got to the stage where we were talking about Waddingtons uh, who took over the UK, well, they they got the UK franchise in 1935. Uh, During the Second World War, the ministry, MI9, the uh, precursor to the Q branch, if you like, went to see Waddingtons and they got them to make specific monopoly sets to be sent to prisoners of war. And in there, were silk maps. Remember, Waddington had the expertise in silk printing. So they had silk maps, files, and compasses hidden in the boards. And these were sent off to prisoners of war. And depending on which set you got, where a full stop was depended on the map. If you got a full stop on free parking, after free parking, you got a map of northern France. If you got a full stop on Mayfair, it was the Nordic countries and northern Germany. So it's just really interesting that mm-hmm. the Waddington's uh, war effort was uh, making this and sending it to prisoners of war. And what they had to do was drop the games off in a luggage, you no, know, in lost yeah. property at King's Cross Station and get it picked up. So that's Monopoly. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is, to, for many people, the go-to game. Mm-hmm. But what I'd like to do is quickly make you aware of another game which is well worth c- your consideration. A game which has become a family favourite with us. It's sold more than five million copies across the world. It's a game called Ticket to Ride, Hmm. and there are many versions of it. But the one you want is Ticket to Ride Europe.
1: Ah, Ticket to Ride. And what
0: it is? Yeah, what it is? It's a game about uh, building railway routes. The board's beautiful. It is a map of Europe. And on it, there are routes, which are divided into little train carriages. And what you have to do is you can do three things. On your go, you can collect a destination card. Uh, and these, these are key to the game, because by completing the routes to destinations, you get points. So if you go from Barcelona to Marseille, a short trip, you'd get maybe six points. If you went from Cadiz to Edinburgh, you'd probably get... Sixteen points. So destination cards. To make the routes, you have enough, you have 40 plastic coaches, which you then put on the board. And uh, a rope, a route might be Pamplona to Marseille, and that might be coloured in in red. So you have to collect red cards in order to achieve that route. For every route you make, you get points. For every Route you make which you don't have on your cards, but you just lay down the carriages, you get points. And the game is about who collects the most points at the end. Where it becomes into conflict is because all of you are trying to get, or maybe trying to get the same routes. You don't know what the other people's destinations are. So you may want Marseille to Barcelona, And you find that somebody else wants Marseille to Barcelona because it fills in part of their bigger route between Cadiz and Bucharest. It has become a staple, and it has become a proliferation with at least 10 other map boards to get, all with slightly different routes. So, for example, on the Ticket to Ride Europe, if you want to go across the sea, you have to have a locomotive card in your hand. Um, If you want to use a tunnel the mechanism is whatever color the tunnel You have to have more than the number or you may have to have more than the number of uh, Sections so for example a tunnel of two purple sections You might need three four or five purple sections in order to get it as a gambling mechanism for the tunnels Mm. So this was this was created and it won the uh, coveted Spiel des Jahres game of the year, which is the Oscars for board games, in 2004. And as I say, it has become widely available. It is a easy game to learn. It's for two to five players, aged eight and above, and it takes about 30 to 60 minutes. Mm. And the company you want is Days of Wonder. Days of Wonder. You can also find it... the Days of
1: Wonder. Is it on? Is it on places like Amazon and? Um,
0: and oh yeah yeah, 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 It's easy. Uh, Waterstone sometimes sell it as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Ticket to write How long but does it take? How long does it take to play the game? Normally, is it like Monopoly can go on for quite a bit?
0: No, 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 no. That's one of the big disadvantages of Monopoly. Um, with this, it's it says thirty to sixty minutes. It does depend how long the decision making is regarding um, people looking at their cards and putting down their routes. Um, But we've always played it in under under an hour and a quarter.
1: Mm. Well, Jeff, thank you so much. A fascinating story about uh, Monopoly and, of course, a recommendation for uh, Ticket to Ride. How much does Ticket to Ride cost again?
0: Oh, that's a very good question. I've got a very old um, set here. You want Ticket to Ride Europe, though. Ticket to Ride Europe, yeah. That's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's important because the other versions aren't quite so good. Um, or you need this one to play first. I would say it's about maximum £40. Pounds.
1: Well, David, thank you once again. And uh, you'll be back uh, shortly with some more more games. I've, I've asked you to have particularly look at some of the virtual games because obviously a lot of people are playing virtually. And I know you were saying to me on the, the most... The, the downside of that is that, that the, the companies expect you to sort of pay. But I'll, we'll leave that for another day. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.